to another episode of Mrs. King's Chronicles, the podcast for Scarecrow and Mrs. King fans. I am Miranda Thomas, and I am joined today with my fellow friends and podcasters, Lexi Fema, Taya Johnston, and Jen Peterson. And today's episode is all about season two, episode three, Double Agent. It's Double Agent aired on October 15th, 1984. It was filmed 7th in season two, but shown third. The director was John Patterson, who also directed Vigilante Mothers, and he also directed a lot of other TV shows. Most recent was The Sopranos. Unfortunately, he died in 2005. The writer was Robert Bielak. This is the first episode of Scarecrow Mrs. King he wrote, but he goes on to write three more, Ship of Spies, Utopia Now, and The Triumphant, and one teleplay, Delirious on Arrival. He also wrote from some of my other favorite shows, such as Matt Houston, TJ Hooker, Spencer for Hire, Hunter, <laughs> Kayleen Lacey, and MacGyver. Wow. And he did a lot of work as a producer in TV, such as Hercules, The Sentinel, and Tour of Duty. He was also born in Detroit, Michigan. Woo-hoo! Michigan group here. Yippers. So the guest stars for Double Agent. I'll start with Arlene Francis. She played herself. She was born in Boston in 1907 to an Armenian immigrant. She always wanted to be a serious actress. She started in the movies in the early 1930s. She's been, she was at it a long time. She looked great for her age in this. Like, yes. yes. Holy for crap. Melba Hyde. Definitely. She, yeah. I mean, her career is amazing. She started in the movies, and she went to live theater, and that was her love, and she did many plays in Broadway. She did All That Glitters and several others, and then she moved to radio. In the 1940s, she played in as many as five radio shows a day. Wow. She did one radio dating show called Blind Date, which would have been fun. She had a TV series of her own called Home and What's My Line. She was one of the panelists. You're and right, she that, was. Yeah. Oh, my ran, God. That's where she's from. I remember her. That ran for 25 years. How can I not know enough about that show? Wow. Because like, I guess they, like, blindfold yeah. them, and they try to guess their occupation yeah. by asking questions. And they, questions. they play it on the, like, Buzz, I think it's called now, but they play it on that channel every once in a blue moon. And that's how I remember her. I didn't put the two together. Yeah. That was her. I'm going to have to watch a few of those. I checked yeah. to see if maybe Kate Jackson ever appeared or anybody. No, know, it was like, so. it was like, the, it was a lot older. Yeah. But it ran a long time. <laughs> uh, she was also the star of the Arlene Francis show, which I think was airing when Scarecrow Mrs. King was on. Yeah, that was a daily interview show in New York and it ran for 23 years. Wow. She was still giving interviews in 1991. So that's pretty amazing. She died in 2001 from complications from cancer and Alzheimer's disease. But man, she was, if you read her bio, she was a spitfire. She did things like scuba dive to the bottom of uh, the ocean near Catalina Island. And she did a lot of cool things. She was gutsy and outspoken. It sounds like she was a really cool person. Yeah. Hmm. Betty White was also on that show. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to watch some of them. It, Betty it White's like awesome. Okay. I love Betty White, yeah. She's the bomb. So the second guest star I wanted to talk about was Louis Welch, and he played Augie Swan. He's known for several movies, The Car, A Wedding on Walton's Mountain, Ba Ba Black Sheep. Those were in the 70s, so you might not know those. And then he played a lot of one-shot roles on TV, like Laverne and Shirley, Private Benjamin, Facts of Life. And then he did Scarecrow, Mrs. King, 
And that's when his acting career ended. <laughs> Scarecrow killed it. <laughs> does anybody know what he does now? This is very interesting. He sells hot dogs. No. <laughs> go way no, I remember he does something very crazy different. Uh, crazy different, and I was impressed. I was like, are you serious? So I can tell you. He's, but... he's a fitness guy, right? He's the fitness guy. I he was is... like, I was trying to remember. I, I couldn't remember, and I'm like, I know it was like, you were like, what? Really? Yeah. Uh, he started LA Fitness. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He is the CEO and president. Yes. No, are you for real? So he's like, he's like the dodgeball guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember great. that now. That's crazy. I was like, no way. <laughs> yeah. That guy's got millions. Yeah. He's CEO and president of Fitness International. And they do city sports clubs and LA Fitness. So they're pretty big. LA Fitness has over 680 locations that go across the United States. So if you go on LA Fitness website or Fitness International, it has a little bio of him and his acting career. It mentions Scarecrow Mrs. King. Oh, and now I remember seeing it. Like millions and millions of dollars. But That's crazy. I forgot all yeah. about that. He's probably yeah, well, mm-hmm. good for him, Augie Swan. Because uh, his acting bio just ends. And you don't even know where he went. It's like, what happened to him? Ah, oh, that explains it. Yeah, you're probably like, oh, Money. the poor guy didn't, you know, didn't ma- amount to anything. And they're like, oh, wait. No, so wait a minute. He's Dang. a billionaire, probably. Probably. That's crazy. So the next guest star, Steve Easton, played Douglas Harriman. And he also played Senator Castleton in season four, episode 12 of Scarecrow Mrs. King. Any number can play. Maybe you guys know him better than, than I do on that Yeah, episode. he's the one who was getting blackmailed. Okay. So movies he's played in. He's actually played in a lot of movies. Con Air, Field of Dreams, Nightmare on Elm Street, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Loved Me. And he just finished filming Warning Shot. It's a movie due in theaters here in September. So if you guys want to see Douglas Harriman, just go watch this new movie that just came out. How did you know that I wanted to see him, Jen? How did you know? Thank you for that. <laughs> He's got to be. There you go. A really old. An old fart. Yeah, maybe. Well, he started acting in 1972. So, yeah, he started on various TV shows. But, I mean, he what? was even older in the episode. Yeah, he, wow. I don't know his age. Maybe I should, but. Um, wow. He started out in, like, Wonder Woman and Little House on the Prairie acting. and Wow. Still going at it. He did also did Judging Amy, X-Files, NYPD Blue, and Dexter, one of my dark favorite series. I have not seen that. I really need to see that, though. (laughs) Lexi would probably like that one. She would totally like like it, it. yeah. I do like anything dark. Yeah, I like the dark. Dark You would definitely like Ozark. Okay, I'm going to have to watch it. I I do know that I sort of watched Dexter for a period of time, and it started messing with me, you know, because when you binge watch, like, a serial killer show starts to mess with you a little bit. You, yeah. start, you start killing people? I know, I've done that so many times. Oh, wait, are we recording? Wait, we are recording, oh, I mean, right? um, that was a joke. I'm just kidding. Totally. So Michael Delano played Barney Sleese, and he was one of the double-crossing bad guys. Harriman was his client, and he's the one that was convinced to steal the manuscript. So he's the dark-haired guy mm-hmm. with the he really started- bad turquoise ring. Yeah, okay. <laughs> He started acting in the 1960s, 
And he played in a lot of TV series, Hill Street Blues, Kegley and Lacey, A-Team, the, all of our favorites, including Charlie's Angels. But Charlie's Angels was post-Kate um, Jackson. So it doesn't And, okay. interesting, he played in both Ocean's Eleven and Ocean's Twelve as a casino manager, which I love those movies. So now oh, I'm going to have to yeah. go back. Oh, yeah, I'll have to go back and look. Huh. Interesting. Kaz Garris played Roland Brooks. He was the other double-crossing bad guy. The you thought was cute and Lexi. Yeah, without the mustache. Mm-hmm. Yep. He was born in Lithuania. He played various TV roles since 1966. His last movie was in 2004 called Mean Creek. David H. Hutch Van Dalsum played the biker in this episode. Oh, yeah. That drives really fast. He worked as a prison guard at Soledad State Prison in California in the 1970s. And he retired in the 1980s due to stress disability. And then he started this thing called Rent-A-Gang. It's an organization that provided menacing-looking biker gangs in films and television. Oh, so this was his smart. job. What a and, cool and, idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was also known for Doc Hollywood, Dead Bang, and Dangerous Men. Unfortunately, it wasn't less stressful because he died in 1992 from cardiac arrest, which mm. is kind of sad. Aww. But he started this cool rent-a-gang. We should do that. We could be rent a squad, and we could be their yes. people's squad. <laughs> yeah. Singing is extra. Oh. <laughs> Did you hear that? Singing is extra. <laughs> right. We exactly. charge more for that. Right? Mm-hmm. One of his quotes was, it's more fun to go out and get along with people, make a movie, get patted on the back, than it is to ask, officer... Did you, did you have to hit me with that nightstick? <laughs> oh, police brutality. You went, a, you went from a prison guard to being an actor. So yeah, it's kind of cool. How funny. The last one I want to talk about was Mary Reed. And she played the girl that doesn't like Augie's advances in the closet. Oh, yeah. oh, that poor girl. You kind of see her really quick. She also plays Randy in A Little Sex, A Little Scandal. Oh, my gosh. Two. She's Randy, baby. Oh, Randy. my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's funny. You just see a splash of her. Yeah. And if anybody was wondering, she went on to get a doctorate in special <gasps> education from UCLA in 2005. Yeah. Randy, you go, girl. You go, girl. Yes. Although we do get to see her butt cheek when she turns really fast. Yeah. Uh, when she, like, zooms out of there from, uh, I told Lexi, oh, there's the Me Too movement early on. Yeah. <laughs> when she came out there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, when you see her, it does look like her, but you have to kind of know it's Randy. When yeah, you're that's awesome. I didn't realize it was her. Yeah. That's all I had. After an ex-agent turned literary author writes a book that threatens to expose the agency and their use of civilian, Lee and Amanda partner together through mud wrestling and fiery adventures to prevent the manuscript from falling into the wrong hands. The episode opens up with shots from Washington and that downtown area, supposedly, that Mm -hmm. is the same shot every time. Correct. But this is one of the few episodes that actually opens and starts with Amanda's house. Usually they have, like, some baddie stuff going on, and then they go to her or to the Mm -hmm. agency or whatever. Right. So Amanda's giving the boys final instructions. I love how she's like, and Jamie, you don't have to go through every mud puddle. <laughs> and he goes, okay, but can I go through like half? <laughs> That's cute. I liked it when Philip calls her mommy. I thought it was cute. <laughs> that is cute. They're toast adorable. I love how they talk about mud here. It becomes like a theme of the episode in a way. Oh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Mud, mud. Just stay away from mud. Speaking of mud, 
in the script, which we have, which is a final draft uh, dated July 23rd, 1984, when they have the set list, it says they're, they're, they're filming it. Here's mud in your eye, mud wrestling bar. <laughs> oh my God. Which is a little bit of foreshadowing. It's not quite in her eye, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it does go in her face area. This is funny. Here's mud in your eye. Kind of a clever name. After Amanda shoes off the boys off to school, her mother calls her in because her mother wants her to watch Arlene Francis show with her. And she's very intrigued by it, which is probably not even, there's probably, there's, the TV's probably not even on. She's probably just right. staring at it. That's acting. <laughs> well, was that the set of her actual show, I wonder? Or pretty close? Maybe. So Amanda comes in to kind of get the kitchen all straightened up and then notices that her mother's watching the show. And, you know, she's like, oh, well, there's this guy on here and he's talking about, he's uh, wrote this expose on how the, how the government's using, yeah, they're using mm-hmm. civilians to get cases solved and things like that and how it's wreaking havoc and causing problems and costing money and going to cause World War Three kind of stuff. Right. And Amanda's like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she gets really, really nervous, yep. which is kind of funny. And he's talking about, he goes, well, let me just give you this perfect example. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, it seems as if everyone is getting involved in esp- espionage. He tells her, he goes, the butcher, the baker, teachers, housewives, and Amanda's face just like, oh gosh. <laughs> and he goes, the insidious part of this is that these people are not trained professionals. The question we have to ask is, can we entrust our national security to these amateurs? She goes, just think, Amanda, havoc. what havoc one of these untrained, unqualified people could cause. <laughs> I mean, if they got in over their heads, she goes, I'm thinking. <laughs> She goes, Arlene's like, isn't this an exaggeration? The average housewife really getting involved. And she's like, are they going to find themselves involved? And he goes, I can give you a specific example. And of course, you know who it's going to include of when a so-called everyday housewife was not only involved, she was the agent in question. (laughs) She jumps up and she's like, mother, I really think we ought to do the laundry. (laughs) She goes, just a minute, this is getting good. He goes, it was right here in Washington, one of Washington's suburbs when this young mother hey i'd be happy he called her young yeah true (laughs) of two uh came within a whisker of blowing operation sandstorm one of our most sensitive intelligence operations and she's like oh no Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then daddy's like do you think he could be talking about (laughs) and she says go ahead and endorse it She's, she'd throw her anybody under the I bus know. to get it off yeah. of her. And daddy's like, I never really trusted her. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. He goes, this little fiasco could have escalated into World War III. And all because an, an amateur was sent to do a professional's job. Look at him stare right into that camera. Yeah. He and knows she's watching. Poor Amanda's like, I really got a headache now. <laughs> she goes, it's probably all that typing and watching television. <laughs> And Amanda's grasping at Russia. She's like, it probably is the television. Turn it off. <laughs> Let's turn it off. <laughs> this leads me the whole episode wondering what happened in Operation Sandstorm. Well. Exactly. And you'll have to stay tuned because we have a story on that. <laughs> Amanda's getting really flustered and she's like, I think I'm going to go get some, uh, you know, headache medicine. It's called aspirin, but whatever. Because apparently they don't have aspirin in the house. That's what I was thinking. She just needs an excuse to get out of there so she yep. can go to the agency. Right. She looks super tall right there. Mm-hmm. So then 
Dottie whispers to herself, she goes, I think I'll call Gwen. <laughs> her nails are like fire engine red. Yep. Did you notice that? Then we get, we get to like, it looks like a, an, either an apartment or a hotel room, but it's Sleese and Roland. Wait, who's Brooks? Why does it say Brooks? So Sleese is Harriman's agent, his book agent. Mm-hmm. And he's decided to try and get that book and sell it to the highest bidder. It seems to be that Roland Brooks is a little bit more of the scuzzier side of the partnership. Yep. That's why I like him better. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you like the bad guy? I do like the bad guy. You agree with that, my assessment, or, or Lexi's? <laughs> Your assessment. Okay. I'll have to uh, take another look in the other category. <laughs> so Look at his hands. Oh, geez. Sorry, go ahead. So... He's kind of pushing Sleece to get the book from Harriman uh, so that they can then sell it to probably the Russians or, you know. Okay. So then we leave those guys and we go to back to the Arlene Francis show. And Harriman's walking off set and Lee's there pretending to be from Insider Magazine doing an, um, an interview for him. Without any notebook or a recorder. But he says he has an interview scheduled. And he's like, forget it, Scarecrow. You know, you're not getting it. You don't have to, you know, have to pay for it like everybody else. But I want to point out right over their shoulders when they're pulled off to the side there and talking, there is a kind of a caricature picture of W.C. Fields and Mae West. And if you guys remember, spoiler alert, in season three in Sour Grapes, they make mention of not only W.C. Fields, but also Mae West in that episode because Dottie dresses up as Mae West for the block party. And then the senator signs his name as Mr. Twilly, which is from the movie My Little Chickadee, which starred W.C. Fields. Huh. So I wonder, there's got to be, it can't be coincidental. There's got to be somebody on the show that's maybe a fan. Because why would you have a picture, a caricature of that on set? You know, offset, but on, you know, isn't that, it seems coincidental. Totally could be, but it just seems a little hmm. too coincidental. I like that you were able to pick there's that gotta out. There's got to be. There's got to be a connection. There's got to be. Who knows? If anyone that? knows, please chime in. Yes, please. Anyways, I had to point that out. I thought that was kind of interesting. So it we're, we learned from Lee and Harriman's discussion that Harriman is bitter. He's a bitter former agent. And he made a mistake. He screwed something up, and then they put him out like in the jungle and outpost there. Yeah, because there. his mistake cost three lives. You're right. Right. Yes. And so he's like, "Don't be so melodramatic. Nobody has to die if the agency plays it smart." He goes, "Oh, it's going to cost them. They're going to have to bring in all their operatives. Going to have to train new agents." So he doesn't care that he's like totally disrupting the national security. Yep. He goes, "But whatever the price, it's not going to be enough." His pride is in the way. Yep, totally. He doesn't care. And he's like, you're still bitter. He goes, what do you think? They stick me in some jungle outpost for one lousy mistake. He goes, well, that one lousy mistake costs three lives, pal. I love it when he uses his pal. He goes, look, the agency owes me. He goes, Harriman, don't do it. Don't make another mistake that might cost more lives. Scarecrow, this interview is over. He goes, now listen to me, man. He goes, don't touch me. Man, he can kill you. So he's a very, very bitter man. Mm-hmm. And Lee, you know, Lee did his best, but you can tell there's no lost love between the two of them. Right. For sure. So then we go to the agency. Amanda comes in and she's, she apologizes. She's like, I know you don't like me to come in with unannounced. <laughs> so I wonder when he's ever told her that not to come in before like that. Yeah. 
she's like you know practically hyperventilating she's mm-hmm. like freaked out about what she just saw on the on the show mm-hmm. and trying to tell him and he goes are you trying to tell me you saw Harriman on the Arlene Francis show she goes yes did you see it he goes unfortunately she goes that was me they were talking about operation Stand- sandstorm remember he goes i remember yes we all remember <laughs> poor thing she goes what are we going to do <laughs> what do we think of Francine's outfit here all right i'm going to chime in i really like the outfit Except for that necklace. Necklace is heinous. I actually like the earrings and I like her French braided hair. I don't love the poopy bangs, but I recognize that's an 80s style. Yeah. Long story short, I like the shirt and I like the skirt. And you I like, like the it together. skirt? I love the skirt. I wear really? skirts like that all the time. Miranda, I wear the Madison all the time. Like that high-waisted Yeah, but like, that's, skirt. this is more like a, this is more like a... Like a, it's like a little house in the prairie dress, a skirt. But I think it it still cuts <laughs> off at the like after the knee a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it goes like almost yeah, above the it's ankle. It's not super long. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah. above the ankle. No, it doesn't go that far no, down. No, does no, it? no. When she's walking later, you can it's see like it. It's like mid calf. Yeah, mid calf. You really? It's like okay, uh, it it's like longer. a little longer than T length. It's like it in between longer. T length and knee length. Okay. Calf length. Good call, Miranda, on the calf. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if I can't talk clothes, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Right. What do you guys think? I don't know. I usually go with Francine. I usually go with the 80s outfits, but mm-hmm. it reminds me of a cheerleader outfit, the top. Oh, like a... Maybe I see too many cheerleaders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the striped colors and the, I don't know. But yeah, it's not... I'll, I'll abstain. How about that? <laughs> I like the French braid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like her hair. Mm-hmm. The, the top's a little funky, but... That's 80s. Yeah. But the French braid, I think, looks really pretty. Mm-hmm. I think anytime we can see more of her face, it's more of a benefit. She has such a pretty face. She doesn't need to hide it with her hair. Mm-hmm. Amanda's really freaking out because she's like, you know, she's going to be exposed for what she does. And yep. she's going to, you know, freak out. You know, what are they going to do? Her life is in danger then. And they're like... And you her know, family. Yeah, and they're like, oh, calm down. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like no big deal. Like, you're just, uh, you know, we'll just relocate you. Yeah. We are doing everything we can. Yes, sir. Of course, sir. Like what, sir? Our legal department is working on an injunction to stop the publication. What if that doesn't work? You and your family will be taken care of. Believe me. Amanda, if worse comes to worse, we'll give you a new identity and move you to another part of the country. Oh, no, not in the middle of the school year. There are worse catastrophes. So Amanda's like, hey, maybe if I talk to Mr. Harriman, you know, she could get through to him. And uh, Lee's like, forget it, Amanda. I already tried. And then Billy gets a call. It's legal. And their request for injunction was denied. And so they're both like, oh, great. So then she asks Billy if she can go talk to Harriman. And Billy, Billy starts contemplating it. And Lee's like, Billy and he goes oh so you have a better idea he's like all right I'll drive (laughs) (laughs) Billy always has the funniest look when he sends Lee off to deal with her you know so then they pull up to the uh, apartment building and um, Lee's trying to give her some advice he's like he's a bottom line kind of guy he goes when you get in there go straight to the point don't don't get off on tangents why would he think she would go off on tangents Sounds like he's getting to know her after all. <laughs> Sounds like he might even know a little bit about her. Maybe they're starting to be friends. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows where it's going to lead? <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler. I have to say, this, this scene irritates me because they pull up in a totally different Porsche and they don't even address it. 
Like yeah, it is a different car. car. I did yeah. notice that it was especially it's ugly. It's a 993 Carrera. It's not the 356, obviously, but you don't say a word about it. I guess <laughs> maybe it's in the shop and they decided just to replace it with a different silver Porsche. Yeah, isn't that weird? It is weird. We know they had major problems, but yeah, I noticed the Targa that's on the side that wasn't yeah. there before. Yeah. I wonder why. Well, oh, in the shop. You guys said it was always it, in the shop, right? Yeah, it was always stalling on them and everything, and it wouldn't go. And well, they and I did notice that that um, when she sh she got out and shut her door, it actually shut. So I was like, yeah, that's got to be a different car, because <laughs> the other one you, you can, did mention it, it never shuts. Right, yeah, right, it never right. shuts. They always have to shut yeah. it twice. I don't know. Occasionally, the Corvette is different later in later yeah. episodes. Between and it bothers me. Those little things bother. They me just for some assumed reason. back then that nobody that nobody would really pay attention to that. Little did they know we were all eagle eyes and noticed every uh, yeah. single thing there and was. And then one day there'd be a DVD where you can press pause and rewind <laughs> and replay. And well, I notice cars. Some people notice cars. Some people notice other things. But yeah, I notice I notice all sorts of weird things. <laughs> yeah. Like the picture of Mae West and <laughs> <Yeah>. W.C. Fields. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I was like, well, because you've watched the show so many times, mm -hmm. you like have to start looking for other things, right. you know, because otherwise you're like just numb to it, you mm -hmm. know. Amanda's like giving him a pep talk like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to state my case. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to get right to it. <laughs> and then she kind of goes off a little bit. She goes, I was thinking... He goes, now what? She goes, well, you're in that book too, aren't you? He goes, yeah, I suppose. She goes, if you are, they would probably have to give you a new identity and relocate you too, wouldn't they? He goes, yeah, probably. So? She goes, well, we wouldn't get to see each other again, I guess. So awkward. He goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, I guess not. He goes, why? She gives him a look like, she goes, just thinking. <laughs> I mean, come on, you're not Funny. that obtuse. He's They're got the friends. emotional range of a teaspoon. Right? Yeah. They, they have a, like an awkward moment there. Yep. Yeah, see, it says Targa on the side there. Definitely a different car. I thought it said Tango. No, it says, I think it's Targa. Yeah. You're yeah, probably I it was right. Carrera, but maybe it is a Targa. No, it's a Targa. But, yeah. but it's definitely not his Porsche. No, it's definitely not his. <laughs> But maybe that's by because spoiler they she shifts the, or grinds the gear so much maybe they didn't want to do that oh, to the other right. car. <laughs> well, apparently the other car already had issues anyway, so having her strip the gears would probably even be worse. Yeah, they probably didn't want to make it worse though. <laughs> now they come up to his apartment. Are you sure you don't want to come with me? In the script, he goes positive. We're not exactly the best of friends. She goes right. You're afraid you might feel uncomfortable with him in there. He goes no. He's afraid. I might punch his lights out, <laughs> which in the episode, it goes a little different. He goes, yeah, it, it is a little uncomfortable. He goes, I'm liable to punch his lights out. So then he stands out in the hall and lets her go in. And she notices that the door's ajar and she kind of pokes it with her index finger and it kind of just creaks open. And then right then you hear this blood curdling scream and a, lady a, a lady that obviously just came out of the shower is in just a towel and then yells that there's uh, a man in her room in her apartment with a gun and then this guy comes out with a ski mask yeah. on his head and he's carrying something <laughs> and a second screen if you guys pay attention to the stairwell mm -hmm. the stairwell when he goes down says 15 mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. 
So if just pay attention. So the first time we see the guy coming down the stairs, it's it says 15. Okay? Okay. And he goes down the stairs. And then Lee comes down, follows right after, and he's on 15. Okay? Then Amanda's knocking at the door and walks into the apartment. And she's like, you know, hey, excuse me, Mr. Harriman. And she sees him sitting in his chair with his back to her. And he's watching a, a Western and she starts talking to him. Oh, look, so now, there he goes again. So now so they, they go back. It. Yep. So they now they go back and they show the guy going down another set of staircases, mm-hmm. except it's the same one. So he's That's going funny. back on 15 again. <laughs> so they it's just... the same shot. And then Lee's up at the 15th again, oh too. Isn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> no one will notice. Just put a piece of paper over it. It says 14. I like, know. it would have been better. Or just don't put anything there at all. Yeah, just cover it yeah. up. Yeah. So that keeps going back and forth between Lee chasing after this guy and Amanda talking to Harriman. And Harriman's not making any movement. He's he's not really paying attention to her, and she's getting a little frustrated. And in the... She doesn't stop talking, though. No, she, of course not. <laughs> no, of course not. It was funny. In the script, she's like, and the problem is that my mother has hardly been out of the state in the last 20 years. And so she just keeps babbling on about, yes. you know, she doesn't want to have to move her family and... <clears throat> She's th- and then the script says she stops frustrated and angry at no response. And she, she says, what I really think is that it's a little rude of you not to even respond to me. Here I am bearing my soul to you. And, <laughs> and she just keeps going. And then we get back to uh, Lee chasing. This is probably the bad guy. It the one his that, agent. If, yeah, no, because yeah, but he killed him. And got the- he killed him. Don't you think that oh, he would have had a hard look. time? Maybe it was Roland. I think it's Roland. Yeah, but he got didn't he get the wrong book? Isn't that what they're mad about? Yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Okay, so, so then he the killed him. They got the wrong book, so he killed him then. Yeah, yikes, he's in it. it he's is in, in it. it. Yep, he's in it. And then it's nice. It's Lee. I guess he was the sleazy guy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Good point. Yep, totally. Murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Murder. Murder. So then you can see how Lee's a good guy because he stops when the old man gets knocked over mm-hmm. and he's like, are you all right? And he doesn't answer. So then he looks at the lady and he goes, ma'am, is he all right? And she's like, yes, yes, yes. So then he goes to chase after the bad guy, but he's already escaped and he doesn't know where he went. That was nice of him to stop. But if I was an agent pursuing a criminal, I would definitely not stop. Yeah, but you're supposed to protect the... Yeah, but that's more of like the police, not the agent. The agent just needs to focus on his mission right and he's not shot or anything yeah so. not life or death yeah and the old man should have had a life alert to be fair so <laughs> whose fault really is it <laughs> that's so funny amanda's still babbling on and on yeah, and the then one. she sees lee come down the hallway and she's like well enough of that so let me to get to, get to the point because she knows she's gonna get yelled at by him you know it's so funny and she's like he's not listening to me she's all just mm-hmm. just so like like frustrated and like disappointed she, she gets to, uh, she really thought eyes. she could get through to him <laughs> she's rolling her eyes and like and lee's like uh you know he's he's a goner when he goes to to feel for a pulse yeah. <laughs> you know there's not going to be one he goes he can't hear you because he's dead and she's like oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> so then they're back at the agency and see her dress her no skirt. it goes to her calf all right, she has boots on, that's why. Okay. I love that outfit. Actually. Do you? I love it. I, I like the top. I would wear the skirt up a little higher on my waist, but I really like it. It's probably one of my fave outfits on Francine wow. so far. Wow. 
Oh, and those boots too. She's got those gray are boots. Cute. Yeah, the gray boots I like. They go with this yeah. on the top. Yeah. They're coming around the corner there and they're arguing about what they're going to do. And Amanda's arguing that she wants to continue in the case because mm-hmm. she's involved, you know? He goes, I know you're upset, but I don't see how that can possibly help. And Billy comes over, of course, because, you know, he has to get involved. He goes, don't be so hard on her. She's got a stake in this too. And she's like, thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just resolved. He's like, he goes, look, where I'm going, it's dirty work. You don't, you won't like it. Believe me. So <laughs> then they go and it's, it, see, it doesn't say mud in your eye. It just says female right. mud wrestling. Is there male mud wrestling bars? <laughs> no, there's not. Of course not, Jen. Why would there be? <laughs> well, I think, I was wondering why they had to specify female mud wrestling bars. That's what it says on the sign. And it says, the referee says, at 112 pounds, Calamity Jane. This is horrible. I can't believe they actually have this yep. in there. Look at that hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so 80s. I'm going to tear her apart. Watch this. And poor Amanda's like covered, yep. covered in mud. And Lee's, look at him. He's like completely clean. Yeah. <laughs> he's clean. The table's clean. Yeah. It's just, it's just her. It's just hitting her. <laughs> poor thing. He's trying to explain to her like, this is, this is the seedy side of things. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to hang out with me, this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know? So he's trying to find the person who's going to broker this deal. And this is actually the first time we get to meet uh, Augie Swan. Right. Augie Riley Swan. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so he's like, all right, I'm going to go in back. And he wants her to stay there, of course. <laughs> Why would he do that? Why not just take her with You know, she's going to get into trouble when he, she's off left I by herself. I think he's just, he doesn't, he, I don't know, he's just a jerk. He just wants to be independent. Yeah, shake her off. Yep. I like his suit, though. I like the combo. Yeah, I do, too. The dark jacket. Mm-hmm. I always like when he wears dark clothes. Yeah. And I like the, the gray and the mm-hmm. dark. Is that navy or black? Sometimes it looks navy. Like there it I looks navy. I think it's navy. Yeah. Okay. Dark, I like that. Dark navy. Oh, so there's, oh yeah, that's hard to see. That was hard to see yeah. that that was Randy. She looks a lot better in the uh, later episode. In a little, little sex, little scandal. Hmm. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. So we get what to meet. What does that sign say? Every oh. Thursday night, something uh, night. I was just trying to read that. Oscos. Free admission to an all something attire mm-hmm. otherwise admission two dollars come and enjoy or something honestly <laughs> this must be like a real mud place that they're yeah. at because later in a few minutes we're gonna see like there's posters and stuff and oh my god they're raunchy yes, yes oh they my are. gosh they're, they're so raunchy. bad you're so right so lee Aki's really tall he is tall and apparently very wealthy now and fit <laughs> fit financially and fit physically yes so Lee's trying to get information from him and Augie's playing, you know, dumb, dumber than normal. Mm-hmm. And um, so in the back of that office, and it'll get a little closer, but holy cow, those posters that are up there are really bad. Yep. Make sure you pay attention yep, to you those. You got to really pause and be like, did they really show this on Twitter <laughs> and the editors at 8 p.m.? But... And then is that a members only jacket? Because it totally looks like one. <laughs> does look like Lee's threatening him he's like if you're not telling me the truth he goes now you listen to me I can't answer those kind of questions I'm an information broker and a middleman (laughs) he goes the only reason I'm even alive right now is because I don't reveal my contacts Lee's rolling his eyes he's not having it and he's like oh go ahead and make a joke he goes but if I'm dead who's gonna deal 
deal with you. He goes, oh, I know. You'll find somebody else. But let me ask you this. You think he'll like square with you? And then Lee just gives him the look like, yeah, probably more square than you will. He goes, did I ever jack up my prices in the middle? He goes, come on, outrageously. <laughs> you could do a lot He qualifies worse. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. he has to qualify it. So right over his shoulder, Augie's shoulder, those posters, the black and white ones especially are really, really bad. Yep. The chicks are like bent over on like, top of each other. And covered in with mud. With very teeny tiny bikinis. Teeny weeny tiny like bikinis. They're getting lost. Yes. They're like dental floss. Right. There's up more up close. But anyways. So Augie's giving him a break, he says. And he's going to let him have the few sample pages that he has from mm-hmm. the book. And poor Amanda. She realizes what time it is. So she needs to call her mom because she's been gone for so long. So she goes to ask a guy and he's like she's like where's the telephone and he gives her a funky look and she's like oh never mind so then she goes in the back to try and find a payphone and then opens up the office that lee and augie are just coming out of <laughs> so lee's like oh amanda <laughs> like surprised to see her you know because i'm sure he assumed that she would just sit there like a, yep a, just you know still. dutiful really uh, well. yeah Exactly. So Lee takes the pages and he heads out and then they bump into Amanda. And she's like, oh, excuse me. She's got mud. Now she's got mud on her cheek and her neck. (laughs) Augie is stepping all over himself to get to Amanda. And he's like, hey, have you ever thought of uh, mud wrestling? And she's and he's like, hey, and he's Lee goes, she's not your type, Augie. (laughs) He goes, don't be so sure. We could use a clean cut all American type. (laughs) Ew. He goes, hi. Have you ever done wrestling? She's like, no, but in the script, it is so funny, you guys. So in the script, when he asks her, he's like, Lee goes, she's not your style, Augie. He goes, don't be so sure. We could uh, we could use a clean cut, all-American type. And then to Amanda, he says, you ever done any wrestling? And Amanda says, only in parked cars in high school. <laughs> zing, zing. Oh, <laughs> oh, my. I know, Tiny right? funny. <laughs> Well, obviously it was not filmed oh, that way, wow. but that was funny. She goes, no, I've never done that in uh, the filmed episode. No matter. He goes, no matter. They fake most of it anyway. And Lee's like, Augie. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes to give her her card and he goes, you know, you don't even have to try out. And <laughs> she's like, takes the card and gives it back to him. She's like, no, thank you. And he keeps giving it to her and she's like pushing it away. It's so funny. She is really, poor thing, look at her, she's covered in it. And then the look he gives her, it's so creepy. It's that leering look. Yep. Ew. Yep, and he's like, oof, look at that. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I want to get some of that. <laughs> Hate to see you go, but love to watch you leave. Oh, nice. <laughs> he puts on his sunglasses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She takes the envelope from Lee as they're walking outside, and she's like, he goes, hey. And she's like, come on, just one little peek. I'm in this. And um, he goes, all right, one peek. So she starts reading it. Yeah, that is definitely not his car. Not the original anyway. She's like, Lee? And he goes, yeah. He go- she goes, I have a question. He's like, what? She goes, we're going to take these pages back to the agency and, and read them. And they'll Stay. make sure that it's the right one. And uh, he goes, yeah, right. And she goes, well, I don't think we should. you shouldn't pay him. It's not a very good deal. And he's like, for once I agree with you, Amanda, but it's out of our hands. Billy will have to make the decision. She's like, no, 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 not that. This stuff is from Herman's novels. And he's like, what? So, of course, she's read his stuff. And uh, so he's like, what? And then the tires come to a screeching halt. And then we find that 
Sleese has then obviously taken the wrong book, and it was one of his novels, and it's not even the one that they're looking for, which mm-hmm. is the expose on the agency. And he's like, you dummy. And Sleaze is like, how was I supposed to know? He goes, don't you read your own eight, your own clients' books? And he's like, no, I just sell them, you know? And then the guy's like, I can't believe it. He goes, maybe you should handle it. Mustache comes off as being the smarter one for sure. Yeah. He's a career the intelligent criminal. bad guy. Career criminal. <laughs> But he's somebody who apparently he's well read, Jen, because yeah. he he's yeah, like, well, good I mean. thing I actually read his stuff. He goes, yeah, and seems like he's the intelligent one. Yeah, yeah, the well read bad guy. So now they want to get a, a hold of the real manuscript, and he goes, how do you propose we do that? He goes, lucky for you, I have read your client's books, and I find him very predictable. This episode of the wrong book is straight out of Burial in Munich, which gives me an idea where the real book is hidden. He goes, yeah, where? You'll find out soon enough after a refresher course and breaking and entering. So I don't get it. Why does he have two apartments, Harriman? Well, he lived in Baltimore, I think. He had to and then he worked do in the, the interview and all that stuff. Probably. I thought it was a hotel. It was an apartment? Maybe one was a hotel and one was his apartment. I thought, okay, I thought the I one thought... was a hotel, but I could have been wrong. Okay, well, I thought he mentions it, but we can look here. Now we're back to Lee and Amanda. And they said, you know, whoever took this book might not know they have the wrong one yet, which we just found out they do know now. (laughs) Could be, he goes, which means if we find it before they do, she goes, I wonder if he could possibly have hidden it where the, and she goes, no, I don't think he really could possibly have done that. (laughs) He's like, Amanda, right now we are not exactly (laughs) overwhelmed with options. She goes, well, in one of Mr. Harriman's books, it was either Burial in Munich or The Dishonored Student. I'm not sure. Hey, Amanda, it was Burial in Munich. (laughs) Anyway, the hero had just fallen in love. He goes, oh, Amanda. (laughs) She goes, I'm sorry. Did anyone check Mr. Harriman's apartment? He goes, and his, oh, you guys are right, and his hotel room in Washington. She goes, what about the microwave? The microwave? Did anybody check his microwave? I I don't, I, I, I. And she goes, it may have a false panel. (laughs) He goes, come on, we've got a long drive. He lives in Baltimore. Okay, you guys are right. So he was in Washington, just in the hotel room. Mm -hmm. So that was a hotel room that they were in? Yeah. It didn't look very realistic as a hotel room. No, it didn't. It looked like an hourly hotel room. (laughs) I can see why why it was confusing because I went to Pegged It as a hotel. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so Amanda and Roland Brooks were right. It was in the in the panel there. Harriman's just too clever. He just yeah. he's so good. He's predictable, Jen, remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How predictably boring. <laughs> Amanda and Lee pull up, and Lee gets out of the car, and Amanda scoots over to the driver's seat. Big mistake. <laughs> yeah, why would she have done that? I don't know. Maybe because you're not supposed to park. Maybe. Out front. Or because we they want to have that scene That's that we're going to see. <laughs> but yeah, there's no logical reason. And she gets her seatbelt on, too. You might want to try to keep her out of trouble by telling her that, but if he knows she can't drive a stick shift, I know. Would even suggest it? It's like he's just <laughs> setting her up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the partner sees that Lee is going into the building, so he rings the bell so that uh, Sleese gets a warning that someone's coming up, so then he hides. Um, I just really like the crystal doorknob that uh, Harriman has on his apartment. That is pretty. It's very pretty, especially 
the clear glass. I know that they've got some colored glass ones, but I'm a sucker for a clear glass. Oh, yeah. Glass. I've only like, I only like the white, uh, the clear ones. Those are pretty. Doorknob, for sure. Mm-hmm. He does look good in that suit. That's a nice looking suit. I don't love his suit that he wears next, but the vest, whatever oh, he wears. That the one vest. with the tie. I, that's that one I, I don't know. like, remember? But yeah. this one, I, I like that. I like the gray and the navy mm-hmm. combo or black, whatever that is. Right. I, I, it's really nice. Yeah, he looks real good in uh, dark colors for mm-hmm. sure. Real nice. So he comes into the apartment and nearly gets his head blown off. But thank yep. goodness, Sleece is a horrible shot. Mm-hmm. He's an agent. What are you? Or a literary agent? A literary agent. agent. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Hey, he seemed to kill uh, Herman. All right. True. Sleece goes out the window down the fire escape, and uh, his partner's down below watching for him. And then Lee starts coming down. Well, his partner starts shooting at Lee. So that kind of slows down his progress. <laughs> and then the partner, get, well, Lee decides not to go down the fire escape and mm-hmm. go out the regular, out the front door. And Sleece, while his body double, takes the, takes the ladder like two rungs at a time. He's, he's tall enough to skip a whole ladder rung. <laughs> to me, that's just mind boggling. <laughs> like the legs. distance <laughs> between that is my leg. <laughs> so like how, how I don't even get it, but whatever. That's funny. So then uh, the partner's got the car going and, and takes off and they're gone. And then Lee comes out, jumps in the car and goes, go, 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 chase him, chase him. <laughs> come on, come on, oh, go. Oh man, here we go. This is painful. This is very I don't even painful. like this car and this hurts oh, me. She almost knocks those people down yep. too. And she is just gutting the, yep. the And the this, gears. ladies and gentlemen, is why you learn how to drive a stick. That damn straight. Because if you're ever on the Amazing Race, they always yeah. have those damn, <laughs> um, they have those stick shifts. And you've got to be able to drive. Yeah. She goes, I don't, I, I don't know how to drive. Yeah, I know. I know. I know how I to know drive. I know how to drive. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All three of us do, but Lexi doesn't. Yeah. I only, I've only driven a stick a couple times. Oh, you have driven been, it. Okay. But a long time ago and I would it's be It's like riding rusty. a bike though. I know, but it was, it was also on like a really tall, like souped up Jeep. Wow. So it wasn't like a traditional even like Yeah. That. Yeah. But at least you've driven one. Some, yeah. Some people have, mm-hmm. never have. I still would if it wasn't for traffic. I mean, in yeah. like. My drive is all high, highway. It would suck. It's stop and go highway. It's stop and go highway. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Stop and go. Yeah. It's, would just be yeah. It'd be burned out. What would be hurting? So she's like, I don't know how to drive. He goes, he goes I know. She's like, I'm sorry. He's he was like, so yeah. nice about it. He actually was. He's like, next time I'll drive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad he didn't bite her head off. Yeah. Because that would have been a situation where first season Lee totally would have right he would have chewed her out right this is an um one of, one of the rare times we get to see the the den yep you know that they're in the boys are watching tv and Dottie's and the boys are like can we stay up and watch the movie and she's like sure and she's like amanda can i see you so then they go into the tv like what is that's that? a good point which um, one's the den and which one's the what's the other one that's the convertible den the that other they were one, in. So what's this like? This living is room? like the family room. Okay, the family room. Yeah. That's, that so they. The I guess they don't have a living room because that one's definitely a den because of like the study yeah. look to and it. And she said it's a convertible, convertible den. den. That's why there's. Right. So, so this there. to me would be the family room because it's okay, off the family kitchen. room. I couldn't think yeah. of the word. Okay, so they're in the family room mm-hmm. and Dottie's like, um, "This is the first time I don't like that shirt she's wearing." Amanda. No, Dottie. I like Amanda's. Yeah, she never wears that color. I know. I love that color. It does. It's pretty. Oh, that's okay. a, you like Dottie's shirt? I don't. I don't care for Dottie's mm-hmm. shirt. No. Oh, okay. No, it's like I, a, that two tone. Yeah, no, and then I like the it. pants. I thought you were Amanda's. I like yeah. Amanda's. No, I like Amanda's. Yeah. So she's like, "This is the first time in modern history <laughs> you've let the boys stay up past bedtime." 
On a school night. On a school night, nonetheless. Uh, now, what is going on? And she's like, nothing's going on, Mother. She just sighs really loud. Did I ask you embarrassing questions about why it took you six hours to go to the drugstore to buy some aspirin? No, Mother. And what about that outrageous tale about how you got your sweater ruined at a mud wrestling bar? Oh, Mother, that's the truth. Now, the film company that I work for, IFF, wants to buy a book, and the contact was at this bar. A mud wrestling bar? Well, Mother, you know how crazy those movie people are. Amanda, what is the problem? Mother, have you ever thought about living someplace else? Yes, sure. In fact, just the other day, I saw this wonderful little English tutor. No, 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 right Mother, over I, I mean, maybe, I don't know, another part of the country. You know, California, maybe it's nice there all year. It never gets cold. Or maybe if you'd like something a little slower paced and less hectic, well, how about um, Idaho? So I wrote a story and on, based on this. Oh, my gosh. And I wrote in there... You know that she she suggested Idaho because she did. Yeah. And then I Lee, Lee then responds. You know that she's going to be in um, sh- something to the effect of they're going to ship you off to Godforsaken Idaho because that's how oh, he would respond. Right. I, in my head, that's kind of how I thought. Mm-hmm. I had somebody who was from Idaho rip me a new one. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. They were not happy. Oh wow. And I'll have you know that Idaho is not Godforsaken. <laughs> I was like, oh. Sorry, but that's what <laughs> Lee would have said something like that. Yeah, you know, he totally would have said something. But I totally got. <laughs> Did you say? Respectfully well, submitted. Said here too. So you weren't just pulling it out of the sky. Exactly. I, I mean, you hate Idaho. Yeah, exactly. I've never been to Idaho, but it was funny. And then somebody who actually lived in Idaho said, uh, "No, I've been to Idaho, and it is Godforsaken." Mm-hmm. It was pretty funny. Oh, Idaho is beautiful. Oh, I'm sure. I've yeah. never been there, but I could just oh, see my gosh. Lee, Lee being from, you know, more from metropolitan lane. area right. would have been like, you know, some that would have been his worst podunk nightmare. thing. You know, they, yeah. that's how he would have responded, yep. you know. And it wasn't like I was saying it. Right. It was as Lee. <laughs> yeah, it was as Lee. What I was Lee. It was just Such funny. Sensitive sound. Yes, it was funny. It, it mm-hmm. there was no harm done. It was just funny that I, I was like, oh, I didn't expect to get yelled at for that. Right. <laughs> Especially like all fifteen people that are in Idaho. One right. happened to read your story. Oh. Hey now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Have you guys been to Cord Lane? Fifteen no. people and okay. Cord Lane, Idaho is gorgeous. I'm sure. But yeah, are there you- people there, Jen? Yes, there's lots of people there. It's very popular. Okay, if we have Which any people are if there? we have any people listening to our podcast oh, from gosh. Idaho, please let I'm us in. know. Yeah, tell us Just why don't it's yell so at great. Me again, I can't take the yelling. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. I can. That is the most be- one of the most beautiful lakes I've been to. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a Coeur d'Alene Lake. Yes, huh. gorgeous. So, getting back to this. I digressed. It was my fault. I digressed. Um, she's like, Amanda, Amanda, you have taken leave of your senses. <laughs> Did you guys notice how many times she says mother in this conversation? Oh, yeah. She she always I, does that. It's a I, lot. It just seemed like a lot this time, but maybe it was just, I don't know. It's, it's funny because Daddy's like, how could you even consider the, uh, moving in, in the middle of a school year? So <laughs> they're both at the same right. thought. She goes, you have been acting very strange since your visit with Dr. Goodman last. And she's like, oh. she was, how serious is it? <laughs> <laughs> now, they mentioned this again in 
They mentioned it previously in the Artful Dodger. Uh, for Artful is that Dodger. right? Yeah, that okay. was the one. No, no, no. No, it yeah. was not. It was Fearless Dottie. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. We, we were talking about the other one for the What staircase. were we talking about? The staircase. Oh, the staircase, right. So she. this is the second time, though, that mm-hmm. she mentions that she went to the doctor and she's worried that she's dying. Right. Like, so I get the sense that Dottie's a bit of a hypochondriac. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe? I probably a worry ward at the very least. Definitely a worry ward. She's so high strung and just like neurotic sometimes. She fixates on something. It's motherly, yes. Yeah. That's true. You're a little right. too much, probably. You're dying. What is wrong? Right. <laughs> what is going on with you? She's like, no, I'm not sick. I just thought maybe a little change in our lives. She's like, Amanda, you have never welcomed change in your entire life. Which so we hear this, and then we also hear later in the wrong way home that she she's adverse to change. So oh jeez, never character so, trait. Yeah, apparently it's a character trait. She goes, that doesn't mean I'm sick. <laughs> the phone rings, and Amanda's like, I'll get it. She goes, nope. So she goes and gets it, and they they ask for Amanda, and so she's like, you swear to me that you're not sick. <laughs> Amanda's <laughs> like, I swear to you that I'm not sick. She's like, all right. <laughs> I do like that shirt, though. It's cute. Mm-hmm. It's very simple, but it's cute. Yep. I like the color. Same. And it looks comfy. So she answers the phone, and they're like, you're the star of page 91 of the Suburban Spy, Operation Sandstorm. Who is this? We know all about you, Mrs. King, where you live, your family. And since we have your phone tapped, I wouldn't bother calling the police. Now listen carefully. So she runs out and tells him, Tells her mother she's going back to the drugstore because the headache medicine didn't work. She still has one. <laughs> so she tells everybody goodnight. So they are watching something on TV. It doesn't really show what it is, though. In this particular episode, we've highlighted it before, but we don't see the step that we were talking about. I can't. Oh, it was Dead Ringer with uh, Magda mm-hmm. where she had to take the step up to get outside. In this, it's just a flat surface. She's able to walk right outside. So, right. And in Savior, there's a step down. Remember when... Yeah. Uh, the bad guy comes to the house and he has to step You're down. right. Yep. Yes. So, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And then it go. it's here. It's gone now. And yes. then it'll come back. And yep. then it's there. And then That's it comes so back. Funny. It's really strange. Is the it there? Yeah. The, the step down, the step up thing. I wonder if it's not there when they're using the den. Maybe something to think about when we maybe. look next time. Yeah, maybe. Do they have two different filming locations? Do they have like a set and then the actual house? That's a good question because they still clearly walked through the den to get to the family room and the mm-hmm. kitchen. So it's yeah. like it's still attached. Yeah. But it's still different. Yeah. It seems different. Reason. It seems like it's. Yeah. Because I can see them having like on set, an actual set as opposed to the house and occasionally go to the house. When talking about Dead Ringer, mm-hmm. when they're at den, uh, in Dead Ringer, they actually use that den area there too. But didn't the den look. A little different or no? Yeah, it looks different, I think. No, it's the same. It has it? the fireplace okay. right there. It's just we're seeing it from a different angle right here, but it's the same. Hmm. And it was the same in Fearless Dottie as well. Remember when he's looking through her stuff when they're not home and then they come home and he hides in the closet? I still, no, I think, it, I think it looks different though. Hmm. I think it may be set up the same, but there's enough differences, like subtle, you know. Okay. Where it would they be like a, a different thing. My theory Maybe. is they built yeah. a set that okay. looks similar to it, but when we see it now, it looks, yeah, I think it looks different enough. The okay. layout is similar, but I don't know. Maybe. It's a good, it's a good question. But I like how she runs out in her little white Nikes. Yes, with her red swoosh and, on it. Yep. Um, so now Amanda's back at the mud wrestling bar. 
apparently she's taken a, a different approach. Maybe she yeah. wants to go. Uh, right. Wrestle. She wants to represent the wholesome American. <laughs> the uh, all American. Yes. Look. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, one thing I wanted to point out in the script. When, remember, we were talking about how he was actually nice to her about driving the stick, not being able yeah. to drive the stick. He was actually a jerk to her in the script, but they took that out. Good. So I'm glad they kind of softened him a little yeah, bit on that. I think at this point, hopefully they're trying to add a little character development, like tangible yeah. character development. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's overdue for Mr. Stetson. Yeah, for sure. So there's her coat. She always wears that coat. Remember? Yeah. And she comes into the bar. Yeah. And the office area. And then goes in the back and then gets scared by Augie coming up. And she screams. And she's like, how could you do that? Don't Didn't you ever see Psycho? This is from the script. Didn't mm-hmm. you ever see Psycho? Do you know what you did to my heart? And Augie says, your heart? That scream took 10 years off my life. Sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. <laughs> she goes, what did you mean to do? He goes, I had to make sure you were alone. The people who contacted me sound like they mean business. So in this actually filmed episode, uh, she... She actually says a different movie and says, "Have you ever, haven't you ever seen a Wait Until Dark? <laughs> Is that an actual movie? Yep, 1967. It's a mystery th- thriller, an hour and 48 minutes long, starring... Maybe it was oh, a Kate thing. Audrey she Hepburn. It. Oh, it's a Hepburn thing. Yep. There you go. There you go. It's not Catherine Hepburn, but it is Audrey. I'm sure she liked Audrey, too. That's funny. Noticed in this scene in parts of this episode, but especially here, they use the same music, that kind of like oh, yeah. funny, creepy music that they yes. used in um, Remembrance of Things Past. Mm-hmm. Yep. Remember that? They did. Yep. They don't yep. use it all the time, but it's, yeah. it's they... interesting because it makes it scary but funny at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's yep. like they can't decide do, 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 what kind do, of ambiance they want to make. Do, 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 do. That one. Yeah. yeah walking the line between trying to be funny and, and scary but yeah anyway it's just an interesting choice of music it's probably um from rubenstein it's probably composed from them so they're probably getting their money's worth out of it you know yeah i mean it's, it's not that i don't like it it's just no no it's very distinct though for sure <laughs> it is so now it's augie and amanda alone at the mud wrestling bar and so he's giving the instructions to her he goes their instructions and mans are in there he's all like looking around yeah incognito type stuff and so she's like she starts reading it and she says it says that from now on they'll will they'll only deal with me yeah i guess for some reason they don't trust me with two million dollars <laughs> and she looks at him and she's like what like two million <laughs> he goes i peaked <laughs> I, I liked his i peaked <laughs> i peaked yeah so then we're back at the agency the next day. Several things with Francine Yeah, here. Is that, are those pajamas? That um, belt? Why is she standing like that? That hair. Maybe she has cramps. That's sometimes how I stand when I have cramps. Why <laughs> like is just she clutching like my stomach. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Okay, Lee's three-piece suit, nice. Tie, awful. Agree. Hate the tie. I know, I hate that tie, and it keeps showing up. Oh, like, does it? I, I do episodes, not like that It keeps one. coming back. Ugh, it's awful. Like, but I do like the three-piece. I like the three-piece mm-hmm. suit. But Francine's outfit is horrendous. Yep, not cute. They like her in that color, though, I think. They always yeah. see her in that color. Well, from her blue eyes, I'm sure, you know, mm-hmm. makes them yeah, pop. Yeah, 
Anyway, so now Lee and Amanda are in there giving the instructions, what they were given on the instructions, and Lee's coming up with his ideas. He's like, no, I say we stuff the briefcase with bogus cash. Disguise Francine and send her in Amanda's place. And then Francine's all about that. She's like, yeah. yes, I get to work. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, no, no, it's too risky. We have to assume that they'll be watching her very carefully. Sir, I'm not a brave person. Yes, you are. But I want to go through with this. So they get a close-up of Amanda, but then you see the bottom half of Lee just standing there. He's totally playing with his hands in his pants. Like, he's just flipping his fingers around, but it looks really, really (laughs) funny. He just can't stop fidgeting. He keeps fidgeting, and it's like he's playing pocket pool in there, you know? I'm sure he gets to talk to every once in a while about that Look kind of thing. It. Yes. It's so... Like, you can just see him, like, tick, 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 tick. And it's on both sides. It's hilarious. <sighs> guys do that, though. Look. You have guys that do that around your office. Sometimes yes. I'm like, what are you doing in I your I also pocket? have guys that look at my boobs all the time, but, you know. <laughs> they just sit there and stare at them while you're talking to them. It's like, dude! Yeah. Yeah, true. I got to watch There's a couple shirts that are V-necks. And... Yes. Oh, they, can't, they, just, they, don't even know, they don't even know they're doing it, I don't think. So anyways, they decide that they can wire Amanda and then put a homing device in the bag of money. And he's like, all right, well, it's up to you, Amanda. And she's like, yes, sir. So then she does it. She brings the satchel to a phone booth. Apparently, that's what she's been told to do. And phone rings and she grabs it. Then there's this um, homeless person like pushing a a grocery cart. Yeah, Mm -hmm. shopping cart. And... uh, She's kind of interested in what Amanda's doing, too. That's why I was saying that, that guy's yeah, ring. Gaudy that's a, ring. That's a gaudy ring. Yep. He's watching Amanda from somewhere up above, mm-hmm. uh, some apartment or office or something. And so he's talking to her, and he's like, lose the wire. She's like, what wire? He goes, uh-huh, I know. And so she has to take it off. She leaves it. And then Lee's seeing all this, and he, he's relaying it back to Billy. Great. That's funny. That cord hits her in the yeah. face. <laughs> so dirty i know and she deals so, with it well though yeah, yeah she does and uh he tells her there's a paper bag out uh, right outside the phone booth and she's to use that bag and dump the other bag mm-hmm. so she does and i love how she's like having a conversation with the homeless lady because the homeless lady's like totally watching her yeah. like, very intrigued in what she's doing <laughs> and she's She's taking all this money out and putting lots it into this money. bag. It's she's mine. Like, it's she, lots of money. Yeah, it's mine. It's all mine. <laughs> Way to rub it into her, yeah. Amanda. I know. It's kind of a weird thing for Amanda to say. I know. It's mine. Like, mine. It's all mine. Like those <laughs> finding, finding mm-hmm. Nemo. Mine. Mine. Yeah, the mine. seagulls. Yeah. She does give her the bag, though, Yeah, you're right. Nice. She does give her the, the nice bag with the homing device in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. I was wondering about that. We're going to track her. So poor Amanda's got to rush back to the phone, and then he gives her further instructions that he she's got to get on the bus that's just pulling up right then. So he's trying to throw off the agency, which, as a literary agent, he sure knows a lot. Well, he has uh, Roland helping him. Brooks. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay, all right, now there's this lady as, that's just, like, slowly sauntering to As the Amanda's right. leaving the phone book. Yes, and she is dressed so sharply. She's got... A really pretty, like rainbow-looking sweater. She's got a blazer. She's got a and green it's hanging off her shoulder. Yes, she looks very chic, very you know put together, like her. A so lot. you want to pay attention to her, okay? Yes, yes. And we will come back to her in a little bit. Yes. Looks like she's walking on the runway or something. I know that's how <laughs> she's, she's like was. sauntering, like for the eighties. She looked me. pretty damn. Yeah, she did. I would wear that outfit there. today. Yeah. 
So the other agent that was following her um, loses her on the bus, so he can't catch up. But luckily, Francine has caught on. She's in a car, and she she's following uh, Amanda in the bus, yep. which is good, because they have no way of tracking her if they lose her. Mm-hmm. So Again, I question why they wouldn't have put the homing device in Amanda's bag or a secondary her, one in her, her shoe, in her like purse. her purse that she's, yeah. you know, she's always carrying a purse that is Amanda. So, <laughs> yeah. or like an earring or a brooch or literally anything. Why put it in the specific bag only that? Yeah, the homing device. Yeah, you mean? yeah. right. Yeah. So then Lee gets uh, a ride from another agent, and they're following as well. Mm-hmm. And Amanda then gets off the bus and rushes to the next phone booth, and it's ringing already, and she runs up and grabs it. And Sleece is like, you're going to have to be faster for the next time. You know, next time. Mm-hmm. You've got five minutes to get to your next set of directions. Move. So then she's got another set of directions, and then she starts walking down the street, and, and they're just following her. She's in a hurry. <laughs> Her bag's got to be heavy if it's I know. got that much well, cash in it. <laughs> yeah, and if you watch her, she really, I mean, she's portraying it to be really heavy, too, because, like, yeah. she's, like, lugging it. Right. You can see it's, like, really heavy for her. Mm-hmm. So either it really is or she's acting really well because <laughs> she's right there. Like, she's yeah. holding it, like, ugh, and it, like, right. nearly falls to the ground. So she goes into the building, apparently, that she's been told to go into, and they pull up. But she's been in, she's been in for a while, mm-hmm. and they're waiting and waiting, and she's not coming out. So then Lee tells Billy, and Billy's like, yeah, she's too long. Go, go in after her. Right. He's got a bad feeling. She's been in there too long. I think you're right, Scarecrow. Go in there and get her out now. She's probably dead now. No, I'm kidding. There's no way that bag could hold $2 million. There's no way. $2 million would be a lot of bills. Maybe they're $1,000 yeah. bills. <laughs> <laughs> right, it is fake you money. Count. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so here's okay. the chic lady again. She took off her blazer. She arrived at her workplace, and she's the hostess of this outdoor cafe slash restaurant. And she looks really good. I really like that outfit. Again, would wear it 10 for 10 today. That is cute. Yeah, she was trying to get to work. Yeah. <laughs> and then that phone. Do you see the phone yeah. that she's on? It's so fancy. So there's your renta gang. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bikers, the yeah. bicycle gang. And that's so it's such a bad Amanda fill in. Yeah. On this. Uh, I hate that. It looks awful. The wig is just horrendous. So the bike guy takes off with her on the back of his bike. And and she just waves like she waves See you like, later. Sorry. <laughs> and then he brings her to the next location and drops her off. Now Lee got the license plate off the bike and is able to get information from Billy, which gets him to where the biker ends up going back to his shop, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so that's how he then finds the biker. Right. And in turn, spoiler alert, finds Amanda. Pretty quickly. Pretty quickly, yeah. But she sits Very there for quick. a little while. And of course he's on his on the payphone because right. he has no cell phone, Lexi. Thank you for pointing that out. Yes. And his walkie-talkie broke, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. He It was bent. So he gets the address from him, and then he goes off to, to find that biker so he can find Amanda. So she's sitting in this warehouse waiting, and then we go back to the biker's hideout, I guess, and he's got a girlfriend with a really bad bandana across her head. Yeah. <laughs> Why couldn't they have Amanda get off the bike and walk away instead of the double i know i don't know yeah. well because then bad. she rides off so that's why i don't know it's... well no when they get there and she oh, gets off yeah and, yeah and walks off into the warehouse i'm like why not just use kate 
Do not do anything dangerous. Yeah. When the biker guy, when Lee finds a biker guy and the biker guy's like, buzz off, buddy. And Lee grabs his arm and twists it behind his back. He's like, do you want to try that again? He's like, "Uh oh. (laughs) So then he gets, obviously gets um, the address of where he dropped Amanda off from the biker dude. Mm -hmm. And then he's on his way there. And then Sleese is now um, getting the money from Amanda and um, making sure she's alone. Yeah. But then he keeps her. He decides he needs her for, you know, uh, insurance. Yep. And cuffs her to some, like, machine in the warehouse. warehouse. (laughs) She's like, yep, there it is. That's the real money. Doesn't look fake to me. (laughs) She's like, so I'll just be leaving. Nope. You don't really want to do that, do you? He goes, "Mm mm-hmm. Come on, Mrs. King. Poor thing. She's getting pulled by everybody. But at least she's got her purse with her. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't understand how she couldn't have anything in that entire purse that she couldn't have used. Hey, if you have a chance to use his belt, you know. <laughs> sure. So as Sleece is putting that on, uh, hooking her up to that machine, Lee comes in and, and gets him to drop his gun. Yeah. And he's like, you know, all right, now let's remove the cuffs before your buddy decides to come back. And then the buddy decides to come back. Yeah. Bad timing. He's like, toss it over there. I would have taken my chances. Yeah. So then they get... Lee handcuffed to the machine as well, but both yeah. of his hands are now handcuffed. Mm-hmm. Oh, darn. I love this scene, though. This is it's, one of my It's one of my faves scenes. as well. <laughs> love it. And you know what? It wasn't scripted, Jen. Yeah, I know. It wasn't I in the final that. script. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. <laughs> I know. I love it. So Roland Brooks, he decides to take all the money for himself, yeah. knocks out Sleece over the head, mm-hmm. and then shoots one of the barrels of flammable gas, it looks like, and Eel then lights oil. and then uh, lights a uh, match. And so now there's a fire and they're handcuffed in a burning building. Yep. Great. Thanks can for I that. Can I just say, that's like improper storage of flammable materials <laughs> with paper products. And this is why I have things like this happen. Shouldn't be anywhere near each other. They would be cited by OSHA and other oh my gosh, Jen. <laughs> I like when she's she's like, I know you're a highly trained professional agent, and I'm sure you have a plan to get us out of this. And I love the look on his face. He's like, she goes, Don't you? He goes, Not at the not at the moment. She goes, No plan? No. I'm very sorry to hear that. <laughs> then she starts trying to yank mm-hmm. it off of her as if that's going to help. So then Brooks goes back into the office, gets his stuff, and then he's taken off for, you know, the Caribbean or something like that. The uh, South American plantation. Oh, that's right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. South American plantation. And he's like, Lee's like, all right, let's pull this. Like, they're going to lift that giant yeah. machine. Good try. Yeah. She goes, he's like, can you get it off? She goes, no, my, my wrist, it's. It's not around my wrist, but my hand's just too big. Like, he doesn't know get the idea of that. Mm-hmm. I like how she explains that. I know. Like she can't get her hand out of handcuffs. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I see my hand. My wrist is smaller than my hand. <laughs> this that is as far as it'll go. Either, my so. wrist. My hand is bigger. <laughs> he must have added that. because that was. Uh-huh. I know. It's so funny. <laughs> he, get, he goes, uh, maybe we could. Uh... Give me your belt. What? Take your belt off. Take your belt off. Take off your belt. Take your belt off. Sure, I want to hear this. Just what take, are you do? Please don't make me ask you again. What? Just take your belt off. I can use the little metal prong in your belt. Maybe we can use it to undo the handcuffs. Look at work on Jamie's bike. Right here. All right, come on. 
I have to take it? Yes, you have to. Whip him or something. I know. He's so skeptical. <laughs> she doesn't know. look like the type to use corporal punishment. My gosh. <laughs> his body language, he like shoves his waist yeah, at but, her. Yeah, like throws yeah, his I neck know. back, like, take it. Take it. <laughs> well, she only has one hand. Right. So, yeah, she probably has to get handsy, so to speak, to get that bells off. Right. Yeah. She's under enough pressure. She doesn't need him yelling right. at her. The fire's I know. Closer. So, hopefully, he doesn't start whistling because you know that makes her nervous. Yes. So then she gets it pretty quickly, actually. So she doesn't need that lockpick uh, training yeah. from Leatherneck. So she's trying to get his cuffs off. It's a, and then he hands her the fire extinguisher, and then he grabs Sleeping Beauty, he calls mm-hmm. Sleece, and uh, pulls, him off the, uh, pulls him off the ground and carries him out. And then she's a trooper, man. She's out in front, and she's, uh, she's extinguishing the fire, and they're carrying things out. I don't know what he's... Oh, he's going for the book. He went back yeah. to the book. Yep. That's why. Okay. That's her, though, right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If she could do that, she could get off a bike. No doubt. Although, uh, if I were her, I wouldn't get on that bike, man. I, no but, thanks. But they could just sit it there. Yeah, She's yeah, on yeah. It, and yeah. She gets off and walks in. Yeah, true. Now, the stand-in they have for her there is horrible. Could not be worse. The yes. worst. Yep. The I worst. Know. Her hair, the wig is just awful. doesn't even look like Mm-mm. her. So this staircase was used in Artful Dodger. Mm-hmm. Remember, uh, isn't it yeah. you, Jen, that likes the warehouse scenes? Yes. So this yes, is I the staircase <laughs> from that. Yep. Love the warehouse scene. Yep. And then Lee hides behind the staircase there. And then when mm-hmm. when uh, Brooks comes down, he knocks the gun out of his hands. And now they're fighting. And a bunch of boxes that are empty and all that get knocked They're around. like brawling, yeah, too. Like, it looks like a nasty one. It's both one. of them, too. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's really gross. Yeah, it doesn't look at all scripted. It looks like just just go at each other. <laughs> yeah, just flipping each other around. Like, heard you had a bad day today. Take it <laughs> out on them. He's just a stunt double. It's yeah. fine. Empty boxes. Matt. See, that's the stunt double there because he's keeping yeah, his head say, down. See, mm-hmm. he can't smash a few boxes. Yeah, mixed in with a little fuel. You know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so then Brooks runs out and he's got the bag of money and uh, he's running and the firemen are out there trying to get the fire under control Mm -hmm. and then lee gets on the on the fire engine and uses the water hose and just really annihilates a guy with that water take a seat friend take a seat and then the guy's just left sopping wet and knocked out and the money's all over the place blowing around and amanda's sucking uh, oxygen with the fireman Mm -hmm. (laughs) well looks like your retirement plans are all washed up he always does (laughs) i know (laughs) go on get him out of here fellas and Amanda comes over and she picks up the money that's like just sopping wet. <laughs> She's like, it's lucky it's not real. It's ruined. <laughs> and he just goes, oh, Amanda. What's so funny about that? Like, what's so, what? I guess because yeah. she's worried about fake money being yeah. ruined. But yeah, it's not, that, it's not that weird. <laughs> yeah, it's not. So then uh, the end, the tag is they're at the set of Arlene Francis. So mm-hmm. somehow Lee's got her back. Uh, it got her uh, to introduce her to Arlene Francis. So, and she's super nervous. Yep. Like we would all be if we were meeting Kate. Correct. <laughs> uh, he's like, it's just someone new. She's like, she's not someone new. That's somebody. She's a celebrity. I don't know how to talk to a celebrity. He goes, just talk to her the way you talk to everybody. The way I sure, sure, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like this dress that Arlene's wearing. It's a little, 
funky. Yeah. Not very flattering at all. Yeah. It's like, here are my breasts. Yeah. <laughs> and Arlene's, like Arlene's like all nice. And she's like, oh, it's so nice to meet you. And, she, and the man is like, it's so <laughs> And she can't talk. She's like, mm-hmm. it's so. She's like, are you all right? She goes, oh, yes, I'm fine. I just. Here like, we go. Yes, I'm a little <laughs> nervous about meeting you. And Lee laughs. She goes, I knew that I was very excited about meeting you. I didn't know I'd be so nervous I couldn't talk. That never happens. I can talk in any situation. My mother always told me, uh, Amanda, you have to never have to worry about your gift of gab. You've got it. And, and then Arlene's looking at her like, holy crap. She goes, well, I guess I've really made myself look kind of silly now. She goes, no, I was just amazed that you were able to say all that in one breath. And they both all just laugh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. And then that... The look is cute. It's I cute. like our necklace here because it's that butterfly yeah, one that that's she was wearing Lexi. in the um, the mole, I think. Yeah, I, I told, I mentioned it to Lexi. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there's Jen's uh, butterfly necklace. Yeah, <laughs> butterfly necklace. Yeah, and then Arlene's got a heart one on, mm-hmm. and then yeah. something else with it too. I'm not sure what it was. Right. Yeah. And that's how it ends. Super cute. Very cute. I like this episode. Yeah, it was a good one. Kind of underrated. I think because it's kind of sandwiched between all of the European ones. Mm -hmm. I did want to point out in the script, they had a second page, a second A1 page for the tag. And it was, and it was that they were going to introduce her to Dinah Shore. Oh yeah, right. Instead, it was going to be Dinah Shore instead of Arlene Francis. Did you catch that, Miranda? Instead of Arlene Francis? Yeah, it was going to be Dinah Shore because back then the Dinah Shore show was really popular too. But apparently they didn't yeah, get her. Yeah, it was really popular too. Mm-hmm. Probably they just wanted whoever they could get. It's time for Dottie's Bookshelf, and we are going to recommend two stories that are somewhat tied to this episode, Double Agent. And the first one is Operation Sandstorm, The Inside Story by Rank Amateur. It was written in 2002, and it's about 4,000 words. And this is based on... The idea that Amanda somehow almost caused World War III by almost blowing the Operation Sandstorm. We never really learned what that is. So this is kind of a take on how that could have uh, happened. And uh, it's a cute story. Uh, Again, by Rank Amateur. We'll link this um, like we always do on our page. And uh, the second one, I'm going to toot my own horn. So toot toot. Um, (laughs) I was, when we were going through the script, I was like, gosh, this sounds, this script is so familiar to me. And, you know, some of them are and some of them aren't, but it was because I use, I had to read this one a lot because I was doing, I used the story and the excerpts from the script in the story I wrote, which is called I Will Remember You. And I wrote it back in 2006 and it's uh, almost 13,000 words. And this one is based on the idea that this episode happened in in season three rather than season two. So after Lee and Amanda have become friends, spoiler alert, and, you know, there's a little bit more of a connection than they have even in, in early season two. And what would happen if they didn't get back that book, you know, if, if uh, they were unable to 
get it from the bad guys. And Amanda had to leave and she couldn't see Lee or work with Lee anymore and what his reaction would be and all that. So that's what this one's about. And uh, again, we'll link both these stories on our website at mkcpodcast.com. Hi, this is Craig Morton, Jamie King of Scarecrow Mrs. King, and you're listening to Mrs. King's Chronicles. Ernie the Camera's Video Vault brings you some fun videos from the episode Double Agent. These songs celebrate the wonderful but unlikely event of Amanda as a spy. The bad guys will never see her coming. The first song is called Secret Agent by Melissa Etheridge, and the video is created by TJ SMK LVR, our very own Taya Johnston. Melissa really rocks this song just like Amanda shakes up all the stereotypical notions of spies. Cute. I would really get this song and put it on your playlist, guys, because it's really good. I love it. It is a cool song. The, the yes. guitar riff is awesome. In mm. And I didn't even know about it, so check it out. <laughs> <laughs> the second video is from the song She Could Be a Spy by Michael Andrew and Swingerhead. This is another song I, I didn't really know about until I found this video. Video is created by Swiss Miss Kima. It's another great spy song from a great swing album of the 90s. I didn't really know there were great swing al- albums in the 90s. But I like this song too. And there's some double agent clips in there. These videos can be found on YouTube and we'll also provide the links on our website at mkcpodcast.com. That's it for this episode of Mrs. King's Chronicles. Join us next time when we travel with Amanda and Lee to Austria in Season 2, Episode 4, The Legend of Das Geisterschloss. And don't forget to check us out on social media at MKC Podcast on Facebook and on Twitter. Thanks, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.